Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we amplify the voices of women whose stories are moving and meaningful and compelling. We love to share their stories because when they shine, we shine. I'm super excited to have today a wonderful friend. She's amazing. She's fun. She's funny. She's brilliant. Most of you know her. And if you don't know her, you know of her. Deb Fetter, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. You bet. I've been excited about this moment in time for so long. We've had this on the calendar for quite a while. Um, I can't wait to introduce you to those who don't know you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so without giving like the long book, um, I am Midwest, born and raised an Iowa girl and from entrepreneurial parents, parents who really knew that they wanted their own thing and knew how to build it and really exemplified hard work every single day. Crazy hard work, but hard work. Um, and I went to law school. Honestly, I read a Time Magazine article that I'd still love to be able to find when I was 12 and it said, the powerful women of the future are gonna have JD MBAs. And that's nice. when I decided to get a JD MBA, really for no other reason. Like I read the article, it said to do it. I said, okay, and that was it. And went to Michigan undergrad, went right to law school, worked in big law, in-house, back to big law, kind of did the 15 year tour of practicing law and loved it. Loved it, don't have any regrets about it. Loved being in the firms I was in. Um, and then realized sort of at what I call like the end of that career that we were doing things the hard way. Like there was a lot that we could do easier. I'm the person who goes into a restaurant and wants to rearrange where the, like the ordering <laughs> line is. I can see that. <laughs> right? Like I'm the one who's like, and my husband's always like, do not tell them. They don't want to know. And I'm like, no, really? Like if they would just tweak it, like it would like make all the difference. And he's like, shut up. Are you the progressive <laughs> commercial, you know, where he says, try to unlearn being your parents or whatever, you know, yes. always helping people. That's me too. <laughs> exactly. Right. Just trying so, to help. <laughs> exactly. So I started working with my clients on Honestly, I was like, look, I think you could do this with like spending less time with me and less money with me. If we could streamline some stuff and put some processes in place and do some training. And they were like, get on a plane tomorrow. And I was like, I'm on. And then I started working with um, attorneys and really like thinking about the world of coaching from an internal perspective. And it was really great. I worked in a place that allowed me to experiment and to grow as a coach and as an attorney and as a consultant all at the same time. Um, and did that for a couple of years until I realized, you know what? I was done practicing law. It wasn't that I had problems with it. It wasn't that I hated it. I just, I was ready for the next thing and had enough um, interest and ideas that were sitting in front of me that I was like, it's time. So that was about 10 years ago. Wow. And let I know, me just right? say something. First of all, you're the happiest lawyer I've ever had on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of lawyers on the show. You're really happy. Um, and then second of all, um, very seldomly have I found that, you know, not, uh, let me phrase this appropriately. Very few lawyers have that gift 
of, you know, BD comes naturally or they embrace it or they love it or they're, they're, they understand that the voice of the client is so key and business development means X, Y, Z. You get it. You live it. It's kind of part of your personality. So I love that you're able to uh, live your ikigai, you know, doing what you love. The world needs what you do. You're good at it and you can get paid for it. That's pretty awesome. You know what? It is so awesome. And I will tell you, it's actually sometimes hard for me to comprehend. And I don't mean this badly, but like I was raised where you came to the dinner table ready to go. Like there was always big discussions happening at the dinner table and always lots of people invited. Like our table was made for extras at all times. And Aww. it didn't matter who it was. And I, like my parents, they're customers and the people that they worked with were also some of our family's very best friends. They are my chosen aunts and uncles often. Like Aww. they are the people, they are still a huge part of my life. And that's how I treat business. And that's how I, that's how I see successful businesses growing and people who love their careers is when they know how to build those relationships. I didn't know you know, for a long time that it was unique to be able to carry on a relationship and learn about somebody's business just as part of a nightly dinner conversation yeah. over like the fajita bar. I was you know? gonna say, do you think that part of who you are is because you were raised by two entrepreneurs? Um, for certain, for certain. I mean, my grandmother right. was an entrepreneur. I mean, she died at a hundred. I mean, she, you know, she wanted to trade in her stock account until two weeks before she passed away. I mean, she, wow. like, everybody around me really you know, dug in and worked together, but they also believed, and I think this is, you know, something that I see often those that are willing to collaborate and refer to others and drop this idea that we've all got to grab our piece of the pie. Right, right. right. But the people who are the most successful are willing to collaborate. They're willing to share. They totally. want to bring others to the table. Don't you see that? That is my mantra. I mean, you know, so rise and lift, lift and rise, help others as you, you succeed. And I think that success comes more readily to those who are willing to collaborate and share and lift others and refer. And um, I mean, Deb, honestly, people say, Susan, you're so enthusiastic. If I could bottle that and sell it, you're the first person I think that I've looked at and listened to and said, oh my God, Deb, you're so much more enthusiastic than I, if I could bottle a little bit of Deb better and sell it, I'd be a rich woman. You know what? There was somebody, there was somebody on LinkedIn <laughs> that called me subtle. Um, the other day, Laura Frederick in a post said something called, said something about me being you know, doing subtle marketing. And I sent her a note and I said, I just need you to know that nobody in my entire life has ever used the word subtle and Deb Fetter in a sentence. That's ever. so funny. <laughs> I was like, it has never, ever happened before. I didn't know what to do with it. I literally just kind of sat and stared at the sentence for a really I'm long sure time. I'm sure she meant it as a compliment, but she'll listen to this podcast and go, let me rephrase that as in <laughs> totally not. It was, a very, it was a very nice statement. So yes, yes. No, she meant it in the very best. And it was really beautiful. Like I was like, I love how she worded it, but I do think that there's a way what she was getting at. And what I really do believe is join a conversation, be part, learn how to nurture relationships, not in a pitchy way, right, right? not in a way that like you're begging and desperate for business. No, but if you stand by the pitching, but if you stand by the sidelines, you're nothing's coming your way. True. 
Well, I think that people honestly, and you'll probably agree, if not, please feel free to say so. But I think that people really love when you ask questions and you allow them to open up and share information. It makes them feel heard and respected and uh, you get to know more about what's important to them. And then you frame your narrative around, um, you know, in their language. And that's a sign of respect, if you ask me. Um, and I think women are more inclined to ask questions than men. And I think you're good at that. I think you're good at making people feel comfortable. Thank you. Um, my entire business development program, my sole strategy is surrounded by a three question approach. And, but there's some strategy behind it. It's not just go ask everybody three questions and you're gonna have business, but there is a way to frame questions that you're learn constantly in learning mode and in research mode. Yeah. And then constantly sharing that, whether it's your LinkedIn content or any thought leadership pieces, whatever you want. But when things resonate, don't you love it when somebody says to you, you're talking right to me? Oh but yeah, you're speaking my language or that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And now, do you mind sharing? Um, I don't want you to give away your secrets, but- You're if, fine. Yeah, tell me a little bit about your magic. My magic? So um, I really do believe that, you know, the old way of pitch, pray, throw out thought leadership pieces, People will see you like for those who are of my generation, this is not field of dreams. We do not build it and hope they come. Right. There's no differentiation there. Right. But if you change it and you say, I've got some ideas and I want to go talk to people about those ideas and I'm going to do it in a strategic way. Right. And, you know, people who work with me in the first couple of weeks, we have, you know, five to 10 conversations. Somebody just finished my program and had 14 conversations in the first month right? But you learn from those the right things. And that frames what you're offering, validating your ideas. Exactly. Being able to share what they don't see, but you do see without being like, I'm so smart. You want to talk to me. Um, the Dalai Lama says that, that the more you talk, the less opportunity you give yourself to learn something new. 100%. Yeah. And look at not to be disrespectful of you know those in the legal profession and i'm using i don't just work with lawyers but this applies across the board nobody wants to really sit around and talk about an indemnification clause <laughs> i love you <laughs> nobody i mean That's and so i used to think that i wrote a really good one but guess you what be the lawyer comedian <laughs> i mean nobody wants to talk about grandkids and they want to talk about how they canceled their trip to the mountains and that they you know what is it that they want like they want to talk about that stuff yeah I want to do business with a lawyer that I know I like and I trust and how can I get there if all you're talking about is regulations or the actual law I mean I am even if I'm the GC I'm the business person first and the lawyer second for certain right I believe in um, my company's vision and mission and strategy, and you need to speak to me in business terms and understand my business and industry, my competition, et cetera. Well, and don't you think that like when, not only that, like talk to me in the business terms, but talk to me in real language, right? Like don't make yeah. the fluff. Like yeah. we can all see through it. If I don't understand your words, nobody else does. And no one's going to like want to even talk to you about it. So even some of the business lingo, I'm just like, just say what you want to say. Just be I love real. That. You're keeping it real, Deb. Um, let know. me ask you, I know this, I, I think I know the answer, but I'm just going to ask you anyway. 
Um, is this what you do now, your proudest professional accomplishment? Um, yes and no. So oh, yeah, I, yes, I love, um, I love helping people find, you know, making, you know, refining how they are building their careers and building them up. And I love celebrating wins with my clients, like nobody's business. Um, that being said, during the pandemic, a new program um, came out of it that I am so passionate about. And so I love every moment of it. It's called Focus 30. And it is changing the way that we think about productivity, mindset, motivation, momentum, communication. It is no longer giving the speech and the webinar and the let's give you some big ideas to go implement later. It's really the gym workout for your business. Ooh, and what a great tagline. Nobody else is, can lose weight for you, right? <laughs> totally, right? And we do them in 30 minute bursts. And the group, the community is, I mean, there are people around the world in there and they are supportive of each other and they are getting together and collaborating and referring business, but they get stuff done, you know? And- Is this I, only I, for lawyers or-, or is No, I've got anybody. You, I have got um, anybody who is really like focused on, it's the back office stuff that never gets done. It's the sending the three emails to somebody to say thank you that helped you out in the last year. Like in a half hour, it's not just that. Like some people it's like would say to me, oh my gosh, I, that would have taken me an hour in the past. I'm like, well, you did that and seven other tasks in 25 minutes and you're done. Like you're good for the week, but we have it multiple days a week now and hitting all sorts of different time zones. And it's a ton of fun, but it really, it's an energy that can't be matched. It's like cross training, right? It is. Somebody actually on LinkedIn went online, Amanda Ducat, and said that it was almost as addictive as her Peloton. And I told her, nobody has ever given me such an incredible compliment. Wow. I have to tell you, my husband got me a Peloton last Christmas. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I sat on it and I'm telling you, the seat was like, I, there is not enough padding in any pair of bike shorts to make up for the seat. So I think I need to lose weight first before I get back on my Peloton. Mm -hmm. And it's been a year. I have my, uh, my hashtag is rise and lift. Um, I just yesterday got my annual report of my stats and it was basically like, you've been on your Peloton seven times in the, in all of 2020. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so shamed. I'm so shamed. Okay. So, no shame. New no year, shame at all. New me. No <laughs> shame at all. But I will tell you like, so my sister called me and she goes, I don't mean to like raise a topic, but like, I was looking at your Peloton stats. I was like, you can see them. And she's like, um, oh yeah. God. And I was like, oh my God. Right. I didn't know other people could see them, Deb. Well, here's my thing, Susan, come join the crowd. Like they've got so many other classes besides the bike now. Like you can do, I did an arms class, a five minute arms class. Who knew that five minutes might kill you? Right? <laughs> minutes and I thought I was gonna die I told my son I said dude please get on my peloton just so that you know when I get my next report it'll look like I did something it'll look better yeah no <laughs> I I will tell you now see you're gonna make me go like ride right after this I yesterday she called she told me that 
And I literally got on, I called Rebecca. I was like, there are two workouts logged today. You know, that's awesome. You're incredible. So I have to say, um, there's a group that my friend Jasmine Dakari um, started. It's called um, Legal Peloton for Legal Marketers. You should join that group. It started with four of us. When I first bought, she's the reason my husband got me the Peloton. She got us all these huge discounts. And so four of us bought Pelotons at the same time had them delivered at the same time and promised to get up at 5 a.m. to do them. Well, that that was my first mistake. I've never even seen a family <laughs> vacation at 5 a.m. So, um, but okay, it's right behind me in my office. Like if you were live on this show, you'd be looking at my Peloton right now. Um, so maybe this is the year. I've lost 10 pounds, so I'm working on it. But um, maybe this is the year. Well, first of all, I'm up at five. I would love to join that group. I think that is hilarious. I love I it. I will send you an invitation. That's the least um, I could do. <laughs> and, you know, I've got, you know, th that's the thing. Like I've got people for Focus 30 who are up and on, you know, before 6 a.m. their time because they won't miss it. I am a ball of energy at 6 a.m. For some reason, I'm dead as a doornail at 5.30. Like there's a huge difference in that 30-minute window. I mean, oh I don't gosh, know that what is, happened. You are hilarious. You I... know, 6 o'clock is my time, but 5.30, I will kill you if you even come <laughs> near me. Seriously. But yeah, I'll invite you to the group. You'll be amazing. You'll know a lot of the um, people. It's men and women. You'll know a lot of the people in there. Um, but yeah, you'll love the, 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 I watch it. I'm in the group. I'm one of the founding members. I love it. I watch it. I yeah. watch the group. <laughs> you'll, you'll actually be engaged and involved and I'll watch you succeed. And I'll say, um, look, there's another one of my if, students of life. <laughs> if I can do it, you can do it. I promise. Sweetheart. No, no, you're tiny. You're tiny. I'm, I'm a big girl now. So, uh, you know, when you, when you live the life with my mom that I did for a while, you'll pack on a few pounds. You know what? I, I that. we, you know, you and I were talking earlier about this, like when you're in caregiving mode, yeah, you literally can't, um, you can't change it. Like it's hard. I mean, it, it, it changes where your energy goes. It changes yeah. what you, you are capable of doing in a day, you know, asking somebody at that point to work out, you're like, oh, please. They'd be like, well, have you stretched? I'm like, um, just touching my toes, I guess, like, well, yeah. I'm reaching for whatever dropped count. Cause that's, Honestly, you know, at that point in time, that's all you can do. You, so you're in survival the audience, the audience doesn't know this, but I'll share folks before we started recording the call, Deb and I were talking about, um, I don't know how this came up, but um, the universe put us together on this. Right. I am the caregiver for my mother. And I know those of you who listen regularly have heard me comment on that, but she has been a caregiver before as well. And so it was wonderful to relate with someone and have someone understand um, the inexplicable feelings that you go through and then the range of emotions and the, the physicality of being a caregiver the things that are in your control and the things that are not in your control. And I was telling her um, how much weight I had gained being the caregiver. And it's not just from emotional eating. It's literally from stress. The cortisol levels rise through the roof. And so um, that is what she's talking about. She's talking about when she says caregiving, it's, it's okay. Alzheimer's. 
So Susan, I actually asked, the doctor said to me something about cortisol and I said, okay, so like, how do we just write that wrong? And he just looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, step no, like, my body. <laughs> there, there's gotta be a way. And he was like, um, like sleep, getting control of this all. And I was like, right. yeah, what is the other option? Like, I feel like there should be some sort of like herbal pixie dust <laughs> that changes your cortisol levels. Like, or at least like a butt, or at least like a body wrap. I mean. You're making me cry. I'm laughing so hard. This is awesome. I mean, I'm with you, sister, for sure. I, oh you and God. I could talk about this for hours. People I would take would a shot, a pill. I would, I would cut off a limb if they could suck <laughs> out the cortisol, whatever it is, you know, and I have a lot of friends. I mean, I, I actually had to leave these groups on Facebook because they're super depressing. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in these groups of, you know, children with parents who have dementia or Alzheimer's. Like, oh my God. I I'm too much of an empath. I feel deeply. And I'm like, I just can't. I mean, is this what, I mean, I thought my situation was bad. There's always someone whose situation is worse and it well, just, it's, it's terrible. And I'm, you know, I'd rather go, you know, observe those on in the Peloton. Oh, group. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get back to your focus 30. Cause that's, yeah. that's an amazing uplifting. I might want to observe that as well. And then I will send you an invite. Yeah, I love yeah, giving out awesome. guest passes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that is quite a professional accomplishment. I know I ventured off for a while, um, but you inspire me, which is a perfect segue to my next question. Has there been someone who has inspired you or maybe you had a mentor or a sponsor? And if so, do you want to talk about that person or those people? You know, there's so many along the awesome. way. I like to think, and I actually did this exercise where I like wrote down every job I've had in my entire life and who is the person or what is the thing that happened with that position or who is the person that like gave me that little, like that li one little nugget. So there's so many, and I'm going to feel bad, like not mentioning them all. I think that Nancy Hauserman was a professor at Iowa who are, um, who was my JD MBA um, like sponsor in the business school. She was the lead teacher for business law and she would bring over the joint degree students to come teach with her. And she was really like the first person to like call me out on my shit. And I love that. Those are the she was the one who like came and observed a class and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, you didn't tell me you were observing today. And she's like, you know, <laughs> That really is like kind of defeats the purpose of all this. But, you know, she, to this day, I can bounce ideas off her. I can contact her and say, okay, I'm rolling out a new program. When I rolled out the door project, which is a whole nother story, um, literally that, you know, she and I bounced ideas for days and hours. I mean, she's just wonderful, but she really pushes people to be their best. She became the Dean, um, over the business school for a while. Like she's just a really great human being and exemplifies it every single day. So I love that. I also had a professor in law school who really like didn't allow me to not live up to my best. And it was one of those torturous experiences where like you cry every day and you study every day. Military. <laughs> total military. You know, and I had lawyers who trained me that way too. And they were, you know, people complain about those moments but I got to tell you, when you step back and you learn from them, that 
that's really like how I got to be a good attorney. It's how I got to be in the room with the clients. It's how I learned how to adapt to certain situations. It's, it was all those learning. It also taught me some things that I didn't want to do, but it's okay. Like they were all part of a bigger picture, right? Yeah. You know what, Deb, you are, I say this often on the show, win or learn, never lose. You exemplify that. It is so, you are so right. Like you just, you got to learn and you got to be willing. So the people who pushed me the most were really the most inspirational around me. And you know, every, every job, every client, I learn so much from my clients every day. I love that. I love that. You're, I, I just sent a private message in our chat box, folks. Uh, you can't see this, but I just sent a private message saying, Deb, you are amazing. She really is. She's incredible. I'm sitting here looking at a static photo of her and she's looking at a static photo of me. <laughs> I can imagine if we were on video, how, um, you know, we communicate through, you know, hand motions and body language and facial expressions. Uh, we would be all over the place, but this has been so great. I want to ask you a little bit, um, because I know this is your world. You're very good at this. Um, you mentioned growing the pie, not fighting for the same, you know, a bigger piece of the same size pie. For How sure. do you think we can support other women in business? You know, enough of this competing, let's start collaborating, but what is something we can do even a little something every day we can do to help support women in business? Okay, so did you ever see the movie Misrepresentation? No, I've never heard of that. Okay, it was one of those like private movies that like you had to like, had like those private screenings, like the race Polish. to nowhere. Um, and it was called Miss, like M-I-S-S, Representation. Um, okay, and if I got the title wrong, let me I just say it. this right now. I probably yeah. have the title slightly wrong and somebody's gonna like send you a note and be like, Deb doesn't know what she's <laughs> talking about. People, look it up, okay? Don't anyway. slam Deb Fetter, folks. Exactly. Like, you know what? Not perfect here. Don't claim to be. So, but years <laughs> ago, I was the president of the junior league and we brought the movie to a, a private screening here in Kansas city. And we had a panel discussion that one of the newscasters led and a gentleman stood up in the theater and he said, you, he goes, I'm just going to tell you what's wrong with women. He oh, said, until Lord. you no, 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 one of the best lessons ever. So hold on. He said, until you learn to look each other in the eye and say hello, rather than trying to kill each other every single time. And he and he told the stories from the civil rights movement. And he talked, I and mean, he really gave a really great context about be your biggest supporters, be the biggest cheerleaders for somebody else, right? Learn follow-up, but what a provocative opening line. It was a total provocative opening. <laughs> and everybody kind of like held their breath, but he was like, just listen to me. And he was so spot on. Like he got a standing ovation. It was amazing because people were like, look it, you turn to somebody and you don't say, she's not dressed for the part. Instead you say, oh my gosh, it's nice to meet you. Right? You're my kind and of woman, Deb. He's my kind of man. He was my kind of man too. And I went right up to him after I was like, you and I've got to sit down and chat because I wanted to hear the stories. I wanted to know what, like what his perspective and like how he had seen, you know, different, um, different situations evolve over time. And I thought like, this is, you're really giving some insight to a room, you know, and first of all, to be a gentleman in that room at all. Yeah. Yeah. First right. Off, like bravo problem. to you for showing up. Yeah, exactly. Right. Hey, have you ever thought of running for office? 
that, you know what, my husband is a public official and he is on our city council and I leave that spot to him. Really? Because I, I think it's your time. You know what? I love being the champion of other women who want to be in office. I love supporting. I love supporting anybody who's ready to go get after that big goal. Let's go do it. So I'm, we have I'm better so be in the background. In common. Um, my husband was a state elected official and then chief of staff in U.S. Congress, and he's now a city manager out here in California um, in his slowdown years, but he loves what he's doing. I That's have awesome. friends in Kansas City. I didn't realize you were out there. I don't know why I have so many friends in Kansas City, but I, I, I don't know how this happened. I mean, but I have a ton of, and they're all political, like Sly uh, James, Joni Wickham, Ann Popper Post, um, Rebecca, Dr. Rebecca Baumgartner, um, Michelle Wimes, Corey Carew, who's now in Chicago. Yeah. Um, a lot I know. of I, I, So Michelle and Sly and myself, we all started at the same, I was at the same law firm that they were at. I don't know that they started there. Small well, I think world. Right. So it's tiny, small world. Um, Michelle was actually like one of the, you know, the big grown-up attorneys when I first started, like, you know, she'd probably been practicing like she's at Children's Mercy Hospital now. She is, and she is fantastic. They're all great people. It's a great, you know, it's a great town. I'm not from my husband that I would consider moving there. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, Have you ever even visited? I said, Oh, yes, I know Tom Watson, and I hosted a um for for the children's hospital. I hosted, I raised over a hundred thousand dollars at a professional golf tournament down there for when I worked with State Street in Boston, DSTC yeah. is headquartered down there. And we had a, a golf tournament and each year Tom Watson would host it. I met, um, look, I'm not into golf. Um, so kill me now, but I met Phil Mickles or Phil Mickelson. Mickelson. Yeah. Yeah. And, some other bad boy of golf he's I mean I forgot his name um oh my god the people who golf would know him but he came up to me and and uh he said do you want me to autograph that because I had purchased some caps at baseball caps and I said do you want me to autograph your hat you know and he's like do you know who I am and I was like do you know who I am I was young and cocky and very yeah. I was like, who do you think you are? And he's like, um, I'm the reason you're here. And I'm like, no, I'm the reason you're here. I'm the- <laughs> I had oh. coordinated the entire golf tournament. I can't remember his name. Oh, you Daly. are so funny. Daly, John Daly. Oh That's my God, you name. are so funny. Do you want yeah. me to autograph your hat? I know. I was <laughs> like, don't you want my autograph? I mean, I was kind of being cheeky, but um, he was like, I, you know, I learned later that I shouldn't uh, have done that. My company was like, no, no, no. <laughs> okay, but can we talk about that for a second? I talk yeah, about it all the time. It. I got told no, 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 so many times, right? You and do. I think you asked like what we can do. Like, look at people, we are not perfect. So best story ever about not perfect is I got, I worked on a really big deal. I got invited to like the big celebratory champagne toast where it was like, you know, hundreds of people and I'm short. I mean, Susan, I am not tall. Okay. And what does that this, mean? Cause I'm only five, six. Oh, honey, you are a, like a giant. I am <laughs> five feet, five feet on a good day. According Aww. to my doctor's office, somehow yoga has stretched me to five, two, but <laughs> which 
I mean, my kids think is a lie, but we go with it, right? You pack a punch though. <laughs> well, so I'm five feet tall. I probably had flats on, which is so stupid. I mean, what woman does that? I do though, right? I do. And <laughs> I am at the champagne toast and this server comes around with a tray of champagne flutes. And my, I don't realize that she's got it above my head and I pivot. But when I pivot, my head hits the, oh, the tray. No. I'm a young attorney, like oh newbie, God. right? Champagne flies everywhere, including on the general counsel. Wow. And I'm telling you, people freaked out on me. I bet. You have to write an apology. Oh. I can't believe you would do this. First of all, hello. Like I said, He's hold human. on. Show me the champagne tray and I'll knock it over. Okay. <laughs> can I tell you? That general counsel and I are still very close friends. Oh, I, I guarantee it. you, he doesn't remember the story. I might actually, after this, text him and be like, do you actually remember this happening? That is um, so awesome. Nobody cared, right? But I owned it. What right? a great like, story. I will tell you, I don't show up perfect every day. There's usually a good big fail every single day. I apologize. Sometimes people accept it. Sometimes they don't. And if we are going to help each other out, we got to just start with that premise that you are not supposed to have it all pulled together or because if you do, people don't want to work with fake people. They right? work That's with real so people. fake. I mean, nobody's perfect. Mm -mm. That's insane. I but, love this story. I mean, this person you spilled the champagne on was probably like, you know, stuff happens, right? And, I think and he like wiped it off and kept talking. He had a couple glasses by then. Who knew, right? Like, it didn't matter. Oh Nobody, my God, you're the awesome. people who cared were the judgy people around us. And I just, I don't really have time for that. But I'll tell you what, if somebody calls me and they want help, you know, taking something to the next level or they want to bounce an idea, I, I really will bend over backwards. I will do anything in I my power to, to help you, to connect you. And I feel like you do the same thing. Like, we yeah. like we're all in it together, folks. And it's not about a sale or a I gotta no. you gotta sign up for no, just help each other out. You know, I Thank have found know. that when you do things for the right reasons, good things happen. If you do think like for example, if your primary motivator is just the money, you're short sighting, you're short you're short sighted. Um, like for me, the message means more than the money, but because I help so many people, they refer so much work to me. I'm grateful. I live in gratitude. And I, I never have to sell or pitch. I listen, I help, I lift, I catch. Um, and then people send me work and I'm grateful. And if I'm not the person to do that work, I send it to someone else. I know who is better at that or a better fit for that. You know, like for example, I used to do business development training in the legal world when I worked in-house and when I worked at Thomson Reuters, but I don't do that anymore. However, when I find there's a need, like I would refer that to you in a heartbeat, no question, no doubt. There are people who do that and that kind of message needs to be told in every language, right? So Deb better speaks a language that may be different than the language I used to speak when I did that same training. So the client will gravitate toward the trainer or teacher or coach that fits them best or whom fits them best, I should say. And you know what? If yeah. you refer, if you refer great work to the right people, right? Yeah. Then you're not giving up the client. The client is grateful that you brought another great resource to the team. Yeah, Nobody is value. expecting you to do everything for everybody at all times. And the person who's holding so tight to that grip 
it has nothing to do but break. So when that breaks, then you have to go out and find a whole new client and you have to start over. But instead, when you are like part of being the guide, right? Um, yeah. I, you I know, like, like you. No, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I like that. I like what you're saying. I like that analogy. It's like gripping a fish. You hold on too tightly, it, you squeeze it right out of your hand, right? You just let it lay in the palm of your hand. <laughs> Not that anybody, I don't know where that came from, but that's what I'm thinking when you say, hold on too tightly. I don't know who, who, who grips fish, but anyway. Yeah. I don't know who does that. I was thinking of like, I've got one of my other random stories about knitting yarn. Same thing, fish, knitting yarn. If you grip it too tightly, you're going to lose it. Yeah. It's going to break. Exactly. I love it. I love it. You're amazing. You're amazing. Well, this is probably, you are fantastic. Um, a part of the show that um, this show has run a little longer and I'm glad about it. I'm not going to cut you off because you're amazing and so much fun. Um, I want to ask, it's, it's, you know, not always a bed of roses. What has been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it? You know what, you and I talked about this earlier, actually, before we hit record, like when I started caregiving um, more full time for my grandmother and she had been moved here and there was just a, um, a big shift in my business. I mean, my, I really like almost had to like shut down. I really like, I had to yeah. shrink everything to almost nothing. And then I needed, I realized I lost myself. Right. And I needed to get back in the game. And honestly, it was at a lunch with an old client where I became the one talking and she became the one listening and she set me straight right there. And then, and you know, I did what I tell anybody else to do. You know, I reached out to three people who had supported me in the past and said, you know what? I would just like to reconnect. I'd like to pick your brain and talk to you about where I'm at and just get some ideas from you. And they had all, they were all ready and willing to jump in and just talk to me. And it just took that little tiny spark, right? Like sometimes it's just like one quick conversation and you've got that, you know, your mojo back. That is awesome. But it was, it was a hard road. Totally. I mean, it wasn't easy. You're sort of a heroine to me, the fact that you have gone through what I'm going through and you've come out on the other side so great. Um, I think you have to be pretty tough to start, right, to get through this. I'm not feeling sorry for myself. People know that. Um, no, you will get through it. Yeah? You, you will get through it. And yeah. here's what I tell anybody else who doesn't think that they're going to end up there someday. I've done it twice now. Yeah. We... It is a, it is a fact of life. It is part of life happens. And honestly, that was like one of the reasons I like changed my business model. It's one of the reasons, you know, focus 30 exists. It's one of the reasons the way I work exists. I don't, life happens. We have to be able to have the careers we want in the life at the same time. We I am to. annoyingly positive. Um, I, I wouldn't call you annoying in any way, but I think that you're pretty positive um, as well. So I think that helps in getting through things. Um, it, you, you just take it. It is today. You just take today. It is what it is. So, um, it um, totally, yeah, you, you will get through it. I promise. Let me ask you, are you, and I know your answer is going to be heck. Yeah. Um, I have a, sh a part of the show that I don't tell my guests about. And now's this part. It's oh called, the wild <laughs> it's called the wild card question. And okay. You have the option to say, no, I don't want to play, or you can say, oh, I'll play. Oh, oh come I, on. Knew it, I knew it. Okay. So I have a box okay. of 144 thoughtful questions. Oh, good Lord. Okay. <laughs> this is like cheating though. I don't get to see like that you're actually like 
pulling just one out? Like, how do well, I know you don't have you like- you can trust me. You can trust me with your life. I don't know the question either. I'm just gonna pull a card out now. If it's embarrassing, it is, it is. You, you can say, heck no, I'm not gonna answer that question. I'll, say, I'll just say pick again. Go yes, ahead. exactly. One woman said pick again and I did. So let's see what we get. Oh, you got this. This is easy. Uh, what is a skill or a talent you wish you had and why? Patience. Oh, girl, that's, you're my, you're my soulmate, my soul sister. That's <laughs> my, that's my I, goal. I was genetically not um, given patience and it has not been a skill that I've been able to nurture yet. Do you tell people that? Because I have to warn people. I say the speed of Susan is not for everyone. <laughs> Um, I think that I might have to start like adding that on you to some of the things that I did. That. You know, yes, I might have to steal people. that line. I love it. Yes, I, love it. I that is for sure. And that's a great question. Now I don't want to know the rest question. of them, but we'll have to talk about that another time. Yeah. So it's not really, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you kind of can't help it. Like the fact that you said it's genetically in you that you're impatient. It's sort of like that cortisol thing. How do, how do we get rid of it? I don't know. Anyway, okay. you're awesome. Yes. I know people are going to want to reach out to you. I am. I'm definitely going to become a bigger part of your life. I may even um, send, I, I'm, I think I'll create an email group for all my Kansas City friends. I don't know how I have so many there. I've only been there once so for that. I love event. it. Yeah, I visited uh, Walmart people too when I was there, not just the store, but the actual headquarters. And, the headquarters? Uh, yeah. Is, they are a great organization. They great are. Great part of this community. They are. I love uh, working at State Street. Um, they have a lot of institutional clients and Kansas City is big with them um, in, in financial services, or at least it was. I don't know. We had a lot of clients down there, but um, I, I want to get down there again. So I'm going to create an email group and say, hey, I'm coming. What can we do? <laughs> Um, everybody let's go eat dinner and drink wine. So if you're game, come meet me at this time. Um, and I want you I'm to be in that email group. So it would be fun. How I can people reach you? You can reach me at debbetter.com is my website. And I am active on LinkedIn. I am there every day. Come ping me, message me, jump in. I ask random questions every single day and they are intended for the crazy and the fun answers and just all my programs are out there. Just, you know, reach out. Awesome. And the flair. Awesome. I think I want to write something about you or have you, um, I have a, a, a you know, I, there's more we need to do. I think I want to put you on my faculty at executive Institute on inclusion. And I want to have you highlighted in this magazine called, um, legal world. I, I have a, um, a feature in there every month or every two months or every quarter. I can't remember how often it runs, but I would love for you to be able to, uh, it goes out to, I think 550,000 people and I would love them to get to know you. You and your work are great. Well, you are wonderful. And I'm going to convince you to come to a master class with me. You bet. You don't have to convince me of anything, girl, whatever you say, I'm there. <laughs> I believe I'm You've sold. We're gonna have, we're gonna have a whole lot of fun about talking. We can talk inclusion. We can talk about life happening. We can talk about you can name it, and we will make it happen. Awesome, awesome. You're you're terrific. This has been my pleasure. So much fun for me. I feel like my listeners. I mean, this has been 
they're gonna they're gonna you know write to me about this episode this has been great this has been so great so well listen everybody you, you know Susan. i'm gonna write about deb i'm gonna put her uh headshot her blog i mean a, a bio in the blog and i'll put some photos that tell the story of her life you know the things we've talked about we'll put some pictures in there and then i'll embed the podcast as well and i'll put her contact info so that you can um, make sure to have that at your fingertips in case you didn't get to write it down. So thank you for tuning in. And Deb, thank you for being here today. It was so much fun. I've never laughed harder. <laughs> thank you, Susan. Me neither. This is so fun. Thank have you, a good day, you. everybody. Bye-bye.